Every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students. To belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, a ministry of One Eight Catalyst, where we are pursuing the completion of the Great Commission worldwide. To learn more about our work or to listen to previous episodes, please visit our website at 18, spelled out in word form, catalyst.org. That's 18catalyst.org. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this, the 79th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike Falkenstein, here again with Ken Watmore. And uh, Ken, we are approaching episode 80 of the podcast. Any thoughts about uh, approaching the, I don't know if it's a huge number, but it's at least uh, means we've been at it for a little while anyway, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's really cool. And congratulations to you. I'm uh, you know, I get to be a small part of this sometimes, but you've really been plugging away at this and I think it's awesome. And I think 80s fantastic. Yeah. As we get closer and closer, we're, we're excited about that. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. And so it at least indicates that it's been something that, uh, we felt called to do and, and, uh, yeah, hopefully it's had some impact and obviously, you know, we're hoping to be able to keep going to a hundred and beyond, but, uh, you know, it's at least something to recognize, right? For sure. Yeah. So, well, Ken, in this episode of the podcast, we are going to talk a little bit about a topic that we've kind of danced around before. I know we had, what was it? I think it was episode 66. We talked about the 42% of the world's population that is still unreached or unengaged and kind of talked about kind of why that was. And so this, in some ways, is sort of a sister episode to that. We're going to talk specifically about the 1040 window, which, again, we've only kind of danced around and talk a little bit about what it is and talk a little bit about why it's important and then talk a little bit about sort of maybe some some stats around to highlight where is the Western church in reaching those in the 1040 window and areas that could be areas of improvement, but can I know uh, since you've been around me and around the ministry some, you probably know some about the 1040 window, but I know you and I were just talking. It's easy, on the other hand, just to kind of in our everyday lives to not think about this area where the most unreached is concentrated, isn't it? It's easy just to kind of let it slip by. Yeah, I think for anyone who uh, is not working in a you know a field that's related to the 1040 window. And that, and I don't just mean ministry. I mean, in business, um, there are people that work in, in different businesses that, uh, that fall with some interaction in this 1040 window, some in, huge interaction in that area and some not. But I think if you're not surrounded by that term or that place, or you know, w- one of the many places within the 1040 window, you probably d- dismiss it after you hear about it quickly, because it's not, it probably doesn't seem relevant to our lives here unless again you're you know you're planning on working with a ministry there going there or in business involved somewhere in that area yeah that's right that's right so ken let's just talk a little bit about what it is just in case there's there are listeners who 
have not heard of this 1040 window. So the 1040 window is a essentially a rectangle-shaped area of the world that sits 10 degrees north of the equator to 40 degrees north of the equator, which get that's where it gets its name. And then kind of on the east-west borders, it's the western coast of Africa to the eastern coast of East Asia, of Asia. And so in that window, we have three and a half of the world's 7.4 billion people. Almost 8,600 people groups live in the 1040 window. And one of the main reasons that it is often highlighted uh, amongst Christian circles then is that out of those 8,600 people groups, 5,900 within this same 1040 window are unreached, meaning that there are that there's no indigenous community of believing Christians that can evangelize each one of these people groups without uh, outside assistance. And so that's, yeah, in terms of missions and outreach, that's why it's, you know, highlighted so much. I mean, to have 5,900 out of 8,600 people groups in the 1040 window still unreached. I mean, essentially, another way to put that is that 62% of those living in the 1040 window are still unreached. And so, yeah, Ken, you can see then why it's uh, highlighted so much, can't you? Yeah, for sure. That's that's a huge chunk of folks. Yeah, that really is. That's a lot of people. And so nearly 40% of the world's population live on less than $1.40 per day in the 1040 window. Of the top 50 least evangelized, what we'd call a mega city, which is the city of more than a million people, all 50 of them are uh, in the 1040 window. 90% of the uh, the world's poorest of the poor live in the 1040 window. So you have kind of this, they are both unreached and you have a majority of the kind of the world's poorest people that also live in the 1040 window. So if you look at the a map, Ken, what you'd see in the 1040 window is you have mainly you have unreached Muslims. Of course, that's the Middle East. Hindus, kind of India, Pakistan, that area, Chinese, and then Buddhists. And so, and as I often talk about, Ken, there's also a, I think, a real spiritual stronghold element in the 1040 window. So the billions of people who live in the 1040 window have not only suffered the ravages of poverty and disease, which we've talked about, but they've also been kept away, really, from the the transforming power of the gospel. So it's a powerful example of what we read in 2 Corinthians 4.4, where Paul writes, "In In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So, Ken, at the very least, what we could say then is it's sure would be important for us to begin to be praying for those people in the 1040 window, wouldn't it? Yeah, no doubt that's the starting point, praying for them and praying for the best way for us to have an impact or some kind of involvement. Yeah, that's right. And so to it's interesting because I was just thinking, while on one hand, the, you know, we've created this term and we've 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 defined it as I've just done, obviously if we read our Bibles, and of course we are, we do know that God loves the world, right? Everyone in the world. So there are people around the world who are without Christ. It just happens that 
I mean, I think it's an important term and an important thing to talk about because it just happens that those who are in this 1040 window are those who, you know, most maybe desperately need Jesus only because they're, they're so far away from him and really to have 5,900 of these people groups, a majority of which they may never, they may go through their whole lives and never hear of, you know, the name of Jesus kind of puts a uh, different spin on it, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does. I think it makes you think about this as the, the, hmm, I don't know how to say what's going on in my head, maybe about that. Like, you know, reading through scripture, seeing kind of the disbursement of people over time as people populate the furthest regions of the globe there's and and technology expands and all all these different factors come into play as to how people get further and further away from the god who sent his son to save us you know i mean it's a there's more and more distraction there's more and more hindrance some of these last of the unreached people may be the hardest to reach maybe you know what yeah, i mean yeah definitely yeah yeah, that's definitely right. I mean, at the finishing the task conference that uh, that I was at last December, I mean, that was a a theme that continued to go through the conference. That those who those people groups that are easy to reach have now been reached. Yeah, right. Are there, so they, they would not be considered unreached, meaning that there there is a indigenous community of believing Christians that can evangelize these people. It is those who are hard to reach, are hard to get to. Um, like we mentioned in the the Jesus film episode that we did last time, these people who cars don't even go to these places and yeah. you have to hike to get there or, you know, it's really those people. And so there is kind of this correlation then. You've got the poorest of the poor in the 1040 window, which means then that their infrastructure in their countries does not reach to them. Yeah. So then that is at least a part of Getting missionary activity to those places is also hard. In the 1040 window, we also have places like the Middle East which and North Africa, which there are some restricted access countries. So in some cases, it is the government, the governments within the 1040 window that prevent the access mm-hmm. to the, you know, for the gospel. So it's kind of one thing or another. It just happens to be in this this one particular geographic area of the world. Yeah, and and uh, I guess you know, in part of my mind, I go, well, why is that? Why is it you know? Yeah, why is it like that? Yeah, uh, it really is interesting. So there's a, and I think you said it a, a moment ago. There is a there's a huge yeah you you in your notes you wrote there's a spiritual stronghold element. Yeah, right. There, this clearly is a battleground. Mm-hmm. You know. There's there's something about this place in the world that it's you know is it the is it the last battlefield right I mean is it the mm-hmm. is it the last place before Christ's return There's certainly makes you think that and why that place Who knows Maybe that's just where as I just talked about how everything has advanced I mean it, literally the uh, over the course of a couple thousand years the population and uh and the spread of people increased faster than the rate of gospel penetration right yeah so, right so people expanded and kept growing in their population groups and the people who were out sharing the gospel um weren't catching up 
And for whatever reason, the largest section of the world where this happened, uh, where this is happening now, uh, this 1040 window happens to be the, like we said, the hardest, but, but not just because it's not just because they're in remote areas, but because there are multiple forces that are battling it out for power space for their own beliefs. Uh, it's a, it's a very strange phenomenon that this is the spot. And it seems to me like the, it sounds like a movie, doesn't it? Like the yeah. last, the last battleground. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It really does. And so, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So as we talk about the 1040 window, of course, um, I always like to highlight sort of, you know, how we're doing in the Western church in reaching the 1040 window. And then, you know, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the promises that we have or the, the commands that we have, you know, to go. And so I don't know that I need to go through all of this, but when you look Ken, at the money that is spent in Western churches toward, you know, what's, what's, uh, tithed, what's contributed, and then, of course, you know, what then actually goes back out into the 1040 window, it's really kind of crazy. Uh, my friend David Joannis had mentioned recently that only 3% of the money that is tithed to Western churches goes back out to projects in the 1040 window. And only 1% of the missionaries that go out from the Western church are involved in projects in the 1040 window. And of course, the I don't know if it's irony, but the 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 crazy thing about that is that's where most of the remaining unreached peoples actually are, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so, yeah, so we have out of the five uh, five hundred forty five billion people, uh, five hundred forty five billion dollars that is given to any Christian causes, only thirty one billion, which is one tenth of one percent goes out to the the 1040 window. And so there's probably a lot to be said about that. I think, Ken, that probably the the other real benefit of always talking about the 1040 window is that for churches who do have a heart towards completing this task of the Great Commission, it at least points people towards where the greatest need is, right? So we have this promise in uh, Matthew chapter 24 that we talk a lot about our minis- in our ministry, really the, the why of 1-8 Catalyst, which is in uh, Matthew 24, he says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And so, of course, we have the, uh, for those who are interested in seeing Christ return at some point, right? That won't happen until we're able to penetrate the 1040 window and to uh, to be able to finish the task there. And so we have this command, of course, that we talk often about in our ministry in Matthew 28, where Jesus says, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. The Greek word there, of course, uh, in nations is really more pe- like people groups, and so to still have, you know, 5,900 people groups just in the 1040 window, that's still a lot of work yet to be done, isn't it? Well, yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back to a, a note and I, I'm not sure if you said it, but yeah, I know you were, you were going to hit on and probably still are, but um, in the Western church, you know, do we really care about those without Christ? And that is the, boy, that's a tough question. and. 
I wanted to go back to that because I think that I think that we're you know this is a tricky place in our culture and in in history where we are globally, mm-hmm. mostly here in I think in the U.S. but but not not solely, but globally I think we're in in this place where you know our immediate you know what's in front of us today issues really are overwhelming. And I mean that with what, you know, what we see as our, our responsibilities in our families, our responsibilities in our communities, our responsibilities uh, nationally, our responsibilities, you know, politically, we, we have these clever diversions. I think, you know, a fantastic tool of the enemy is this, this busyness and this diversion. I think that certainly in my life, I see it daily, the things that burden me are generally the things that involve my immediate family and my immediate production and my immediate responsibility and my immediate desire to take care of them and make sure that I'm, you know, um, punching all the buttons I'm supposed to punch that day. Right. Um, The things that, that, uh, trigger emotion for me in my community, the trigger that, uh, where I feel I, I have responsibility politically, spiritually, you know, in, in my church and my, all these things that all are certainly righteous endeavor. That's right. You know, and worthy of my time and dedication. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we, I'm not so sure if it's an, an issue of, well, it probably is in some cases, do we care about the sharing Christ? Um, do we care beyond our walls? I think we do, but I think you mentioned earlier, how, you know, can we talk about this too much almost? No, I don't think we can. I think yeah, it's right. a, we all, we need a constant reminder of what is really going on in the world because the most important thing is the most important thing. Jesus Christ is, came to save us. <laughs> and, right. And that, and it's, it's, it trumps everything else that goes on in the world, in our lives. It, um, and yet we're so busy and distracted with worthy things that we we tend to just forget how important mm-hmm. this calling and this not just calling but it, but an obligation as a follower of Christ to share the gospel we forget and i think that's a it's a dangerous place and you know i, I it's almost a you know it's a one at a time transformation right one person <laughs> yeah, at a time to, right. to try and go man i you know i got to do more what can i do how do i get involved and and there's a million ways to but you know, when we get off the air today, you know, I, I've got a, I've got 500 things to do the moment I get back <laughs> in my truck and head back to my office, you know? Yeah, right. So how do I keep that in front of me all day? Yeah, that's right. No, I appreciate all of that, Ken. I think that's all very good. And at least it would, I think that uh, hopefully it speaks to those listening who are not in full-time ministry. And, you know, we have a number of people who listen, who who are not. And so that very question I'm sure is going through their own mind. It's sort of like, yeah, Mike, I totally get all of this, but I've got family to take care of and I've got my job and my boss and my this and that and the other. Mm -hmm. Right. So I guess, you know, with the time that we have available, maybe this would be a good thing for us to talk about because obviously it's on your mind. I'm sure it's on the mind of many others. And so I guess I would say that it really starts with a, actually, this really kind of brings the message of 1A Catalyst, maybe uh, full circle, where, you know, where we start is, are you a disciple of Jesus? Yeah. Right? And uh, working on that first in those areas where maybe, you know, you need to look 
Have I, am I identified with Christ? Am I bearing fruit? Mm-hmm. I mean, those things that we see scripturally that clearly that Jesus wants us to be, yeah. you know, doing. Because, you know, if you don't get past that part and you're just kind of going to church because it's kind of the thing you want to do or it's a Christian social club for you or, yeah. you know, whatever, then you're not going to get past, I mean, to to go to hear Jesus say, go make disciples of all nations. And then as I often talk about Jesus then saying, if you love me, you will obey my commands, Yeah. right? Well, if you, I guess that could go either way. Yeah. You know, whether it's you're not obeying the commands because you don't love Jesus or, you know, whatever that is. But then as you're tuned in to all of that, I think then you may not feel called to go to the 1040 window. Although yeah. I would certainly say there are probably more people who do feel a call uh, about that who just then ignore it because it is hard. And again, the, the places that are yet unreached are hard to get yeah. to. And it means all kinds of discomfort for ourselves to go to places where sure. they don't speak our language or, you know. Fear. Uh, yeah, yeah, fear. Yeah. I often think about uh, Ralph Winder, who was the founder of this U.S. Center for World Missions, who had said at one point, I remember a quote from him, that that his estimate was that about one out of 100 people who felt called to go to the missions field actually obeyed. Mm. And his whole point was, man, if we could just get it to two out of 100 Right, you know what what impact it would have, <laughs> you know, yeah. and so as you're walking with the Lord, be attentive to, to that, and then if you're not feeling called, obviously there's all kinds of praying and supporting and other involvement pieces that you can do, and I guess to the point that you made in our notes, you know whether or not people really care about Christ, and I often, you know, I'm talking with my missions friends about the this kind of this lack of enthusiasm towards all of this. And I think that I would just say the disciple of Jesus has a concern about this because it's something that it's close to your own heart. And so you want other people to know too, right? It's sort of what I always say about, you know, if you're not really sharing the gospel with anyone, generally that seems like there's, that's something for you to look at. There's, there's a reason for that, right? There, I mean, for those of us who, are completely sold out for Jesus. You you, you want to share, yeah, right? I got to tell you about what what Jesus has done in my own life, and then that leads over to you read about stuff we've even talked about in the podcast, North Korea or India and these places, and you go, oh Lord, I know what you've done in my own life. I only want to, you know, yeah, use me however you want to use me. So there's a lot of other steps before you get to actual obedience to the Great Commission command. So. Yeah, I think that's clearly um, true. I think, uh, well, I think it's important to start with recognizing, obviously, where, where am I at with my relationship with the Lord? I mean, where mm-hmm. that is, you you hit that, you know, and that's that's a the critical element before you go any further with anything else, because you, you know you can't really God wants all of you, and you can't share Him without being. You you can't share him without being all in, right? I mean, yeah, right. So there's so I think there's that for sure, and I also think that praying about God to give, for God to give you opportunities to make them to make them clear. I think that was the point I was trying to make earlier. Is even for those who are who are sold out. I mean, you you know certainly you feel God 
working and moving in your life. You recognize the areas where he's really, truly impacting mm -hmm. you. Your heart is broken for the lost, or sometimes he breaks your heart because you, you identify things that are going on in your world that, uh, you know, that, that God's really trying to, to grab your attention on. I mean, I think all those are evidence of being in a really good place with the Lord. I do think it's so easy for us to get foggy eyes, right? So you're in those good places, you're experiencing good things, you're seeing fruit in your life, and then all of a sudden you're uh -huh. uh, you're clouded over. You're right. You know, because of the distractions. And I think that for me, my prayer would be uh, for people and for myself and, you know, selfishly, I would say for me not to be clouded over, you know, mm -hmm. God, make my, you know, make my eyes uh, wide open for what you want me to be involved with. And, and, right. uh, and I would say to people too, you know, I mean, not, not everybody can be in full-time missions That's uh, right. because if everybody was in full-time missions, nobody could support full-time missions. Yeah. You know? Right. So, it, but it, man, what you're saying though is, you know, we don't have to be in full-time missions. We can, we can still go on, on yeah. it, it, opportunities to reach people, um, short-term missions, even long-term missions and without being in full-time missions mm -hmm. and we can support those who are right. So there's yeah. people out there that are doing things where, you know, maybe you're involved with, uh, with homeless in your own community. Um, and you do, and you feel like you're completely overwhelmingly dedicated to that. And that's where God's moved you. And that's great. You can still support somebody who's going to somewhere in the 1040 window. You can, yeah. you know, and, and maybe, maybe if you can't financially support them, you can go help pack backpacks with projectors in them. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? You right. can, maybe you can go help them with whatever needs they have around their local offices or in your church, you can help uh, maybe instigate a group of people who can go. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can have an impact, um, you know, and, and, and maybe you're not called to be there. Uh, you know, yeah. I, no, that's right. And Ken, you've, uh, you've brought up something that actually needs to become a uh, an episode of our podcast i think which is the just the valuable ministry of um international student ministry right so mm. as i hear you talk about yeah many people are not called one of the really cool things we have as americans anyway and i'm sure this is true in other western countries you know for those listening in other places is these countries a lot of 1040 window countries are sending students to our universities Right. And a lot of times they're the kind of the best and the brightest from those places. And so we have an opportunity to impact them while they're here. Yeah. I mean, the nations are coming here, in other words. Right. Yeah. And, and then if they were to accept Christ, they'd be bringing it back to their own countries as an influential member of that society. And a lot of times they can have more impact. Yeah, for sure. You know, than we could. So anyway, so that's that's another idea. So so Ken, as we as we end this episode, let's just ask people to just be praying for the 1040 window, whatever else you'd like to know about the 1040 window. I would just recommend our good friends actually just south of us in Colorado Springs, there's a ministry called Joshua Project. So if you go to joshuaproject.org, they have all kinds of additional information about the 1040 window. And they're happy, even if you call their number, you know, they're happy to talk. My buddy Dwayne down there is a good guy. So, so let me, let's encourage people to do that, Ken. Keep praying for those in the 1040 window. If you're interested in our ministry, of course, go to uh, 18catalyst.org and learn more about what we're doing. Ken, you're at Ken Watmore on Twitter, and I'm at Missions Mike. We'd love to hear from you all. Thank you so much for joining. Please share this episode with those who... You may uh, want to share it with, you know, if you have a heart for the 1040 window and you want to share that heart with, you know, your pastor or missions pastor or a small group, obviously a podcast, which is 
posted online is a good way to be able to do that as well. So thanks for joining us all. We'd look forward to hearing from you and having you for the 80th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. 